All right, we are back. We haven't done any obituaries for quite a while. Well, I guess we'll do sort of some real quick ones. Last week, uh, mutual fund pioneer Jack Dreyfus passed away. He was described as a master money manager whose marketing savvy helped forge Wall Street's image in Main Street's mind. Dreyfus was described as matching his investment prowess with pensions for interests ranging from horse breeding to crusading to cure depression. And I certainly remember when I was in medical school, apparently Jack Dreyfus paid for books, and there was more than one, about how depression could be cured by the drug Dilantin. Apparently Mr. Dreyfus's depression was fixed with the use of Dilantin, which is, uh, which is an anti-seizure medication, and he actually sent book or sent a book or books to every medical student in the nation. And for the record, he apparently failed to convince just about everybody. Because in the years since, we've not found Dilantin becoming an antidepressive. From the world of entertainment, a sad note, uh, Natasha Richardson, young actress, age 45, was killed in a skiing accident. She was the daughter of actress Vanessa Redgrave and appeared both on stage and screen. This is certainly going to, uh, to revive uh, the debate over whether people should wear helmets when they ski. My understanding was she sustained an epidural hematoma wherein you get a crack on the skull and, and little arterial uh, bleeds take place, which can quickly, um, well, can quickly prove fatal. I know a lot of folks have switched over to using helmets when they ski. I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to go there yet. I'm, I'm not sure the evidence is clear that that's what needs to be done. I think the case could be made that uh, the restriction of vision with a lot of helmets uh, may be a negative that bounces off a lot of the positive of having on, you know, better skull protection. I don't know. I'd like to see more data on that. And speaking of skiing fatalities, extreme skier Shane McConkie, who lived and trained at Squaw Valley's Olympic Village, was killed last week while jumping off a cliff with a parachute while filming a movie in Italy. He was just 39. McConkie was the founder of the International Free Skiing Association, and he won the IFSA World Tour of Free Skiing in 1996 and 1998. A friend of mine knew, uh, knew Mr. McConkie and said he was quite a guy. But his death does illustrate the fact that base jumping, where you're parachuting off of, uh, off of land uh, and structures, is inherently dangerous. He apparently experienced a mid-air malfunction, according to uh, the sponsors of the, um, the movie. Finally, we mentioned Mr. Magoo earlier in the program, which is not something that has ever happened before. So what are the odds we'll mention him twice? Apparently the Oscar-nominated screenwriter who helped create that cartoon character named Millard Kaufman also passed away recently. He was Oscar-nominated for several of his screenplays, uh, Take the High Ground in 1953, and one that I've seen, uh, 1955 suspense classic Bad Day at Black Rock. Mr. Kaufman certainly did have a quirky way of looking at things. His obituary noted that in 2007, at age 90, he published his first novel, Bowl of Cherries. It was based in the fictional Iraqi town of Koproliabad, whose main industry was turning human excrement into concrete. You know, as if the Iraqi people don't have enough to worry about. You know, let's see if we can't concentrate on some more upbeat topics for the rest of the show. How about this one? Dateline Stuttgart, Germany. German investigators search for a mysterious suspected serial killer has ended with an embarrassing discovery. 
Apparently, identical DNA traces common to dozens of crime scenes stemmed from contaminated cotton swabs. Yes, apparently DNA had been found at the scenes of about 40 crimes uh, in recent years in Germany, Austria, and France. These range from break-ins to the shooting of a policewoman. All this DNA prompted police to search for a woman, which the German media called the Phantom Killer. But in fact, officials said last Friday that uh, the Phantom Killer was in fact DNA from an innocent woman at a Bavarian packaging company who was involved in producing the cotton swabs used to collect evidence. And here's an item out of left field that, uh, that is, that, um, well, let me just read it. Quoting from the Week magazine on this one. The rotten egg stink of hydrogen sulfide gas may not seem like a love potion. <laughs> and no, I'm sorry, I couldn't get through that one with a straight face. But scientists say it may be the next big treatment for erectile dysfunction. Hydrogen sulfide is the stinky chemical in rotten eggs and flatulence, but it's also a key signaling molecule in the body. Italian scientists found that when they exposed blood vessels in the penis to hydrogen sulfide, they opened up and filled with blood. This is the process by which erections are made. Hydrogen sulfide, the researchers say, could be a key component in a new treatment for ED. There's certainly a need for an alternative to Viagra, said Dr. Graham Jackson on the BBCnews.com. It is only about 60% effective in people with diabetes and 80 to 85% effective for the general population. And you know, we're going to have to talk about that subject of erectile dysfunction on this program. I have noticed as time goes on, it becomes a more and more important subject to baby boomers. And no, I didn't say baby boomer men. This is an issue for women as well. And I think this constitutes good news. The Financial Times has reported that with Ponzi schemes being uncovered at an alarming rate, the hedge fund giant D.E. Shaw sought to reassure investors a couple weeks back by appointing third-party administrators to verify that the firm's investments actually exist. And is that necessary? Well, apparently, yes. The move follows threats by a large hedge fund investor to pull out of any funds that don't have independent administrators. Okay, here's some good news. We talked, uh, we talked about our visit to, to UC Merced uh, last year. And although the Sacramento Bee had a pretty comprehensive article by Dale Caslow recently about how Merced has been struggling despite having a new UC campus... UC Merced has won over Michelle Obama. She'll be making the commencement speech for its first full graduating class this spring. That will apparently take place on May 16th, and we might just be there for it. And speaking of Michelle Obama, her husband has announced that uh, Afghanistan is not going to get a blank check anymore. Although, curiously, this statement that the era of the blank check is over which the president told the congressional leaders at the White House, uh, took place in a, uh, uh, a private session, and thus uh, people were quoted on conditions of anonymity. What I really want to see the president do is end the blank check funding of Iraq, which apparently is still costing us $10 billion a month. I know there are numerous websites out there showing what you could do with a billion dollars, and, uh, you know, uh, you probably don't want to go there. 
We are squandering vast sums for the benefit of the military industry. And I'm glad to see that investigators uh, down in Los Angeles um, have brought charges against a South Korean national for illegally importing almost a kilogram of bear bile to sell as an aphrodisiac. Apparently federal prosecutors have charged Sionja Hyun with the illegal importation of wildlife under the Federal Endangered Species Act. If convicted, she faces up to 20 years in federal prison. I hate to contemplate how many bears were slaughtered to come up with that much bear bile. And no, there's no evidence whatsoever that bile can act as an aphrodisiac. Bile is that green stuff that you throw up after you've got no food left in your stomach. It's a useful substance. It kind of acts like dish soap when you eat and you have to basically uh, find a way to mix uh, oil and water in your intestines in order to digest fat. It does nothing to improve one's love life. Seems pretty obvious to me that when bile is on the scene, romance is out the window. But uh, I guess not in Korea. I don't know. And at least the bad economy may have uh, a good effect on the U.S. Census Bureau. Apparently more than a million people have applied for the first 140,000 jobs offered by the U.S. Census Bureau to help conduct the 2010 census. Said agency spokesman Stephen Buckner, we're getting a very highly qualified group of applicants. People that have college degrees, graduate degrees, doctorate degrees, former lawyers, bankers, even Wall Street type individuals. The job pays $25 an hour. Oh, and by the way, when you get that census form, we recommend you fill it out, tell them your name, and where you live. You might want to consider giving them your birthday. The government claims that if they have a lot of data on you, and the more the better, they're better able to make plans for how to spend money. But I think a lot of Japanese Americans will remember the fact that during World War II, when it came time to round up Japanese Americans to put them in concentration camps, they got their data from the Census Bureau. Of course, all they really needed was your name and where you lived. Uh, at least if your name was Kobayashi or Nakamura. But I don't know. There's a libertarian streak in me that says, you know, don't, don't, don't help this process. Anyway, I think we're just about out of time. Sorry to report that uh, this correspondent did not attend the uh, performance of K.D. Lang here at Jackson Hall at the Mondavi Center in UC Davis. Noted the B, the dapper Canadian musician is popular for her political activism, but she's famed for her smoothest silk voice and an eclectic repertoire of pop and country hits that has made her a favorite among fans of every musical genre. So I think for today's show, we'll go out with a bit of Katie Lang. Our thanks to Jim Lehrer. I know a lot of you may want to see him at the Crest Theater, and as I mentioned, uh, there's also the backup possibility of catching him in Lafayette on Sunday as part of a a talk given for the Commonwealth Club. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. I think it's worth mentioning every so often that it is a great privilege and pleasure to be able to do this program week in and week out. We get a lot of very thoughtful feedback from you, dear listener, and we hope that you will continue to send us emails at info at radioparallax.com. On next week's program, we expect to speak with science author Charles Seif about his book, Sun in a Bottle, The Strange History of Fusion and the Science of Wishful Thinking. 
There's a recent uh, article out uh, noting that uh, this idea of tabletop fusion or cold fusion uh, is something that's just not going away. And, well, (laughs) we'll have a lot to say about that, I think, on next week's show. We'll see you then. Stay tuned now for Ryan, who will be producing, as he always does, the fine programming of California Police State.